So, you know, so let's jump into this right quick. So, you know that, uh, you know, every month we do a different theme. This month was success. Next month will be prosperity. And uh, I thought I was going to put prosperity first, but, you know, uh, I, I need to memorize the pillars. I think it's like the word, faith, prayer, healing, prosperity, success, holiness, praise and worship. Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> and so uh, this month was success. And so, you know, every year those 12 topics will be taught in the order that the Holy Spirit wants them taught. And every time we teach it, he will give us different slice so that you're always growing every month. It's like a, you know, the Holy Spirit told me that it would be a balanced diet. So you're growing with a balanced diet spiritually. But then when the next time comes around that next year, you're then... Um, um, growing to a next level, a different dimension. Every topic has multiple dimensions. It has multiple revelations. It has multiple secrets. And it has multiple depths. And so you can never run out of the revelation of the Lord as long as you're following the Holy Spirit. The moment you start teaching your own mess, then it gets dry. And anybody that's been here with us from the beginning, I was talking to somebody yesterday that's been with us from the beginning, and they scratched their head. It's just like, it seemed like the more we learn, the more we got to learn. I said, it's going to be like that for the rest of our lives because we are God's children, and he's teaching us things based on his level, not yours. Remember, when you read the Bible, it's not written at your level. It's written at his. That's why you have to spend so much time. There are things that the Lord will not reveal to you until your mind is renewed a particular place. I had a question from the Lord when I was around eight or nine years of age that was not answered until I was about 35. He wanted to answer it, but he couldn't. My mind was too small. Not my age. Age has nothing to do with spirituality. There are some men that are 80 and preachers, and they don't know a thing. They, they think they do. And then you have eight-year-olds that can run circles around preachers. You know, the Bible, I, I always say the Bible is not written to preachers. It's written for uh, the children of God. So let's go ahead and finish this last one up for success, and then we'll do this impartation part of the service. Just mention a couple of things in Isaiah 48, 17 through 18, the Amplified. It says, Thus saith the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way that you should go. And this is how God daydreams. He says, oh, that you had hearkened to my commandments. Then your peace and prosperity would have been flowing like a river and your righteousness, the holiness and purity of the nation, like the abundant waves of the sea. God wants you to be more successful than you want yourself to be successful. Well, you're like, well, that doesn't seem like that. Yeah, that's because of your mentality, because you know, a good father and a good mother always wants their children to do well. And in a natural, good parents want their children to do better than them. It's a terrible thing when a parent is jealous of their own child. I've seen that before. That's some, that's some straight mess right there. That's man. And so, but a good parent wants to see his children do well. He wants to see them rise. And so we serve a good heavenly father. He wants you to be a success. But God is not interested in putting you on a pedestal that your character cannot keep you. God wants you to be rich more than you want to be rich. He wants you to have money. He wants you to have joy, fullness of joy. You know, Jesus said, I came to give you life, not church services. Church services for the purpose of teaching you how to live. He said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. That word life is the word zoe. It means living life on planet earth as if God would live it. That's what he wants. But the Bible says you have to renew your mind. And so obedience is very key. And with that, that theme of obedience is kind of going to go over into next month's theme. I mean, with uh, with that uh, subject matter. OK, but this is how God daydreams. He de daydreams of your success. Y'all remember the Bible says, well, God said, I know the thoughts that I have concerning you. 
not thoughts of evil, but thoughts are of good to give you an expected end. In other words, God wants you to live your life in such a way where you're just climbing, 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 moving forward, moving forward. And then when you get to the end of your life, you're just sitting there smiling with joy. Okay. And so how many know it's not too late? How many know sometimes we take detours, but how many know detours? There's no detour that can take you back on the right road, you know, but, uh, but sometimes we take too many detours. And I always remember this, your trials and tribulations always have an expiration date. Most people stay in it too long. The Bible says weeping endures for a night, not for a lifetime. <laughs> Joshua 1.8, Amplified. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will deal wisely and have good success. That's three separate things. Notice it says that you will make your way prosperous. That word make is always a word of force. You can set someone free. A lot of people say the truth sets you free. No, it's not what it says. The truth makes you free. When you get the truth, it will force unbelief out of you unconsciously, automatically. And so when you spend enough time in the word, it will, the word is designed to manipulate your mind so that you unconsciously make decisions like God. That's why Satan will always keep you out the word because he knows that the word is the diet of God's. Always remember that. I know people have a problem with that, but that's their problem, not mine. You know, I'm so tired of religion, I don't know what to do. Sometimes I don't almost want to cancel with my Christian card sometimes. I'm like, look, you know, heathens, you know, Christian, I shouldn't say, you got heathens and you got Christian heathens. You got unbelievers, but then you have Christian unbelievers. They don't believe in nothing except Jesus. And, uh, you know, and you know how many know, I told my staff yesterday, I said, if you're not doing this unto the Lord, if you're not, let me tell you something, when it comes to people, if you are not doing this for Jesus, these people will drive you up the wall. They will make you crazy. Some of you got relatives that make you crazy, neighbors that make you crazy. I got one. I uh, knew I couldn't get away. I just, I got one just, oh, Lord. I mean, she is like my test to keep my mouth right. Anyway. Ooh, and she a Christian, too. But you know what, though? Something hit me yesterday. She might be one of those ones that don't make it in. Seriously, it's a lot of Christians. Um, Francis Chan said that's the thing that grieves him the most, is he says is how many Christians will not make it in. Um, he said because of they, they live too raggedy. And he said they're not interested in obeying God. They actually come to church for hell insurance to make sure it's paid, make sure the insurance bill is paid. And, and that's just not right, you all. And so, let's, but so, Jesus said, your obedience to spending time in the word will make you a success. It will give you wisdom and it will make you prosperous. And so a lot of times when people are having problems, my first question is, um, have you been studying the word and meditating it on a regular basis? And they get that stuttering, um, you know, well, um, no, no, stop all that stuttering. That means no. If you silent too long, your silence is my answer. You know, and so how many of you know that's a battle? But anything that's worthy is always a battle. And so you're going to, again, if you're not doing that first part, God can't reveal to you the other parts. Because the other parts will kill you if you're not doing the first part. He understands that the other parts will make you lose your mind if you're not in the world all day long. Everybody wants money. Everybody wants prosperity and promotion and everybody wants a business. But, but you are the reason... We live in a culture by which those who don't have nothing judge those who have everything. Like the experts. It's real easy to judge somebody that's running something when you don't run anything. 
I know this is conviction for a moment. It's real easy for you to be telling us what the president should be doing when you can't even govern your own household. It's real easy to say, well, the coronavirus, the businesses shouldn't be open. Yeah, but you don't have a business to run. You don't have employees to pay. You know, it's an amazing me, the judgment that's out here in, re in that regards. And so, you know, I'm just encouraging y'all. Um, one of these days, I'm going to teach a message on judgment, on judgment, on judgment. And right now, we're in a culture where everybody is just judging each other over everything. And it's so bad now, they're looking for an opportunity for you to make a mistake. They're waiting for you. Let me tell you something. I understand that you got a lot of racial injustice in here, but guess, uh, not in here, <laughs> out there. But let me tell you the, th the last thing you should ever do if you see a situation that went wrong against anybody. The last thing you should ever do is then go online and look up more stuff to put up on social media. All you're doing is fanning the flames. People putting up stuff from 30 years ago. Okay, and, and it's just a constant toxic environment. I can't even watch the news now. And I'm just, I just put my head down and get teary-eyed because I'm like, and the sad part is, is that the Christians are doing it. I, I, this is not even in my notes. The Christians are doing everything in the world that people are doing right now. And, it's just, and the sad part is all of these things that are coming in, these are judgments. Let me tell you something that my spiritual dad said um, a few months ago. He said, darkness is not coming, it's here. He said, but what the world doesn't understand is gross darkness is what's on the way. And he said, a time is coming. He said, where everything that comes in the planet, you won't be able to hide. The only place you'll be able to hide is in God. Like we told you, this next virus is coming. You can wear, on a, whole, you can wear a whole plastic bodysuit. If you're not right with God, it's going to take you out. Okay, so again, meditate the word day and night, day and night. Another way of saying it is, just read it on a regular basis. How many of you know? Your the Bible says that your flesh fights against the things of the spirit. Your body never wants to read and do what is right, ever. You can pray in the Holy Ghost until your lips fall off. You can read the Bible until your eyeballs come out. Your body will never want to do the right thing because it is a slave. The Greek word for body is slave. When Adam died spiritually, the slave got free. And the slave got used to freedom. And then when the real me got born again, it put the slave back in check and said, you got to become a slave again. And the slave said, nope, I got a taste of freedom. So now I'm going to fight being a slave for the rest of your life. Y'all follow that? So that's why your body fights you is because when before Adam and Eve sinned, uh, the spirit means master, body means slave. And so you control the body. Bible says, put the body in check, subject it to the things of God. But that body got a taste of freedom. And when it got free, it got free in the category called sin. And so then when Jesus reversed this, the um, and this is, that's the best way to understand it is that the master was alive, did something stupid, and then the master died and the slave became free. Then when Jesus resurrected the real you, the master from the dead, the master said, I'm back. You got to be a slave again. And how many of you know, if you were a slave and you got free, you're not trying to be a slave again. Right. See these movies and them guys got out of jail and they come robbing that bank. What do they say? I ain't going back. <laughs> well, that's what your body does. It says, uh, uh, I ain't going back. And so it has to be forced back into slavery. And so if you don't spend enough time in the world, you will not be strong enough to keep that slave in check. Okay, so that's the power of meditating the word day and night. First Corinthians 14, 2 through 4, when someone speaks in tongues, 
praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, heavenly prayer language, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those are all synonymous terms. No one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. When someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring them comfort. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. So those are kind of like the two legs of everything that you do. Um, Spending time in the word and spending time in prayer. I'm pretty good with prayer. I always struggle with the word time, and I'm really trying to get on top of that because of where we're going. I have to not spend time in the word. I have to live in it. And so how many know there's always some area that you're strong in and there's always some area that you're weak in, you know. And so, uh, you know, and I always tell people that's where I was going a minute ago is that when you uh, I told them yesterday, and you've heard me share this before. How many you can watch TV for hours? See, the hands going up slow like they ain't got no TVs in the house. (laughs) All of a sudden now, oh, no, brother, I don't watch TV. Yeah, you got multiple ones in your house. You know what I'm saying? You know, hence the new term called binge watching. You know, watch eight hours of, of one thing and then it's over with. Now you're looking for the next. Christians on, on social media. I've been watched three, four shows. What's next? I want to put on there. How about binge reading the Bible? How about that? How about you binge on that? <laughs> Sitting up watching all these crazy shows and then you acting like them. But how many of you know, you can watch TV for four or five hours straight. Any ever watch TV so long that your eyes start burning and you just keep your eyes over? Like, look at them hands. Look at them hands. You're just sitting in here. Your eyes burn and say, fool, would you go to sleep? They burn you. Would you? They try anything. And, 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 and then you have the nerve when your eyes start burning. Well, you know what? That's a sign. I need to turn this television off and spend some time in the Word. And then you open up the Bible to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning. <laughs> Told him yesterday, Friday, before Friday night prayer, I told my wife, I'm going over here on this couch. And I said, I'm pretty sure I'm going to fall asleep. I said, wake me up at 5 o'clock. My wife watched me walk over to the couch with my iPad. And that's the last thing I remember. <laughs> my wife said, she said, you went to couch and immediately went to sleep. My intention was to start reading the Bible. And you were like, I'm just a heathen. Aunt Esther is right. I'm just crazy. No. The flesh, the slave, knows that if you spend, the more you spend time in the word, the more the slave is put in check automatically, unconsciously, without you even trying. The word of God equals power. The word of God and time in it equals success, okay? And a lot of people don't do it because they, they can't figure out how spending time in the word will cause them to be a better mechanic. They can't figure out how spending time in the word will cause them to be a doctor, Spending time in the Word be a better husband, a better wife, a better child, a better parent. They can't figure out how spending time in the Word would cause them to be a better pilot. And so because they can't figure that out, they then decide to disobey God in that area. So you have to fight, 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 fight. Your Bible is not meant to be a nice charm sitting in the back seat window of your car to show everybody that you're religious and spiritual. Okay? So, and that was the key. You know, so those, again, because those two things are in me. Um, you know, even when I don't spend as much time or prayer as I should, I have still accepted it. It is the final authority in my life. And when you, you make the written word of God your final authority, you will also make the spoken word of God your final authority. And so that's the reason why I could make the decisions that I did when we kept the church open during the virus. I always remember this. Um, you can tell who has wisdom by the fruit and manifestation that shows up. 
everybody is talking, but the Bible says the kingdom of God is not based on words, it's based on power. Okay. And so I've had, I've had, never mind, I don't want to say that. And so, so I heard clearly, clearly, don't follow the crowd, stay open. You see these movies, some cataclysmic comes in. What was that movie uh, with The Rock? Um, who? San Andreas fought. And you remember his daughter? It's, it's all of this stuff was happening on the planet, and the crowd was going this way. And you remember what the girls, uh, one kid said, we need to go with the crowd. She said, mm-mm. She said, my daddy told me we're supposed to go this way. And you remember the crowd? They got destroyed, and she ended up getting saved. Okay, and so I just want to remind you again, because there are now that people are finding out what I did, which is the reason why I kept the secret. Now many people are getting offended at me and even blasting me off publicly. Um, on social media and other outlets, they're just finding out, and preachers are just like, oh, he missed God. Really, I miss God. You're the one complaining about your little raggedy church. I ain't complaining about nothing. There's nothing negative going on. Well, you get crazy people and all that type of stuff. How many act crazy every once in a while? Go ahead and lift it. Be proud. Be proud. Everybody act crazy. I act crazy. My wife act crazy. My kids act crazy sometimes. My two dogs definitely act crazy. My dog's getting on my nerves every... I said, this has got to be a test of my patience. But it's not really the dogs, it's the kids. My thing, I'm like my dad. Dogs need to be put in a cage and then let out for a little bit of time. And it's just certain areas they should not go. Well, my kids believe that the dogs should just be able to follow them. I came home, yes, day before yesterday. No, I walked downstairs. And, and then the kids are sitting around the table. I forgot to tell you this. The kids, uh, this is just a side little commercial. We'll get back to the truth in a second. The kids are sitting around the table, and I'm telling them, I'm giving them some commands and some instructions, and then I looked up, and one of the dogs was sitting in the chair looking at me just like this, too. It's just like, what is he doing sitting on the chair? Now, I don't believe in the kids, the dog sitting on the furniture and sleeping on the bed. No, you got a cage for that. That's the reason why we put pillows in there. Whatever, I'm sorry. It's just, stuff is getting on my nerves and sneaking into my... <laughs> you know, so anyway... But, but you know, the, the Lord made it clear, and people are upset with that. But you know what? Let me say something. You are not allowed in the kingdom of God to make the right decision without being persecuted. Because that's part of the blessing. You remember what Jesus said? He said, if you are persecuted and they run their mouth about you because you were following me, he said, don't feel bad. He said, shout, leap for joy, and run. He said, because great is your reward that's set aside in heaven. So they might be talking about you, but when you see what we set aside for you in heaven, because your mind is too small to see the type of blessings that are up here, when you see it, you're going to run and shout and jump and roll around on the ground. So do it now. That's what he said. And so, so, and the sort of sad part is when I see people attacking me, I realize that I'm getting blessed and they losing because the people that are attacking me, ain't none of them winning and they even in their personal life. And I, you know, I can't say that publicly. I can say that to y'all, but I can't go on social media and say that. I got to do the right thing, be like Jesus and all that. <laughs> but it's in my mind. Okay. And so, and so I'll just put up this graphic again. When the Lord told me, we're talking about obedience that caused automatic success. When I obeyed God to keep both locations open, our salvations went up, local and online. There were people during the virus who it scared them so bad, they were not interested in the online church. They needed to go to a physical one and get their life right. They told me that. Bat rededications went up. Praying in tongues uh, went up like crazy. And this happened locally 
and online like crazy. Membership shot up. Prophecies, that was crazy. Dreams and for some reason the interpretation of dreams significantly begin to increase. The prosperity just jumped up like a river. And see, they really hate me for that because we don't do offerings in our services and I do that for a particular reason. I'm gonna always keep honing that because it seems to get a lot of people, a lot of outsiders' attention. So let me, my, let me just stop for a moment. So you understand to make sure, and I don't, it's not a bragging thing. The reason why I made the decision years ago is when we first opened the church, I would see the bucket pass and I would see people who they felt bad because they didn't have anything to give. And the Bible says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand does when it comes to money. In other words, it's nobody's personal business. Y'all know what I'm saying. How many have been a part of church where they have multiple services? You gave at the first one, and then when and you were in the second service, and you gave at the first one, but you felt this funny feeling when that bucket came by. Why? Because you felt like other people, there's this condemnation that is around finances. And so that coupled with Bishop Oyedipo telling us, never raise offerings. He, no, he said, don't raise money, raise men. And if you raise men, you never have to raise money. Third thing was, is that I've always used the example of Donald Trump, a president. He is also a um, um, businessman with real estate. Thank you. <sighs> businessman, yeah, thank you. Real estate mogul. And so if he called you and asked you to build a building for him, that's a calling. When God called me, what he did was he said, I, I'm asking you to build a building for me. I'm asking a spiritual building. I need you to build something for me. Now, if you were a construction worker and you owned your own construction business and, and, and Donald Trump asked you to build something for him, is he going to keep on paying you money if you start building your own thing instead of what's on the blueprint? Is he going to keep sending you money? That's why most preachers beg, because they're not building what's on the blueprint. When you build what's on the blueprint... Every single last person in here could stop giving, and the money would still come in. For the last seven years, now I want you to imagine this. This is obedience. I'm teaching you about obedience, not to brag. I mean, you know, I didn't come up with this stuff. I'm, teach, I'm teaching you obedience. For the last seven years, even, for the last seven years, we don't do I think in the last seven years, we have maybe had, between both locations, maybe we've had seven or eight offerings in the service. And 100% of the time, it was always for giving it to or maybe a homeless person that came in. Some of you years ago, remember the homeless person that came to this location. The Lord told me, have everybody in here get some money in their hand. He said, close the service. He said, by making every person walk up to the homeless man and put the money in his hand and then give him a hug. He said, it's going to change his identity. So I tend to raise offerings for stuff like that. It's never for building projects. And, you know, we've mentioned it a couple of times over the years you give online. But we took the offerings out of the services over seven years ago. For the last seven years, there's not been one day that money has not come into this church. It don't matter if it's Christmas Eve. Not, now imagine that. A church that does not have offerings in the service, and yet for the last seven years, there has not been one day that has gone by where finances did not come into this church. Why? Because as long as you follow the blueprint for Lionheart Church, you won't have to ask for no money. I just, and let me tell you something. Y'all want to know why more? Because a lot of dreams have been given about much prosperity getting ready to show up. But you want to know why the Lord has not given me more money? Because he know I'm crazy. <laughs> and that's the absolute truth. He know I'll turn the church into a rock. You give me too much money and uh, man, I have Jesus flying through the air on a skateboard with flames coming up because I really believe about the Bible says that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord would be chief 
And so in my mind, if we're supposed to be chief about, amongst everybody else, we got to have cameras. I don't need no Best Buy camera that costs $200. I need one that costs 200000 And so if the Lord gives me $10 million right now, that's exactly what I would do. And I'll be hiring Marvel to try to do another version of Spiritual Black Panther. And so the Lord knows I'm crazy like that. So we're going to put this boy in stages. He obeying, but we can't go too far with him. And that's, I just, I'm just keeping it real. My wife will tell you, I can think up some stuff, man. I, man, I can think up some stuff. Man, I just, because I just, I want to, the Bible talks about certain prophets who had a zeal for the house of the Lord, but they go too far. I mean, Peter was was with Jesus for three years, but then he pulled out that sword. Wham, you ain't taking him. Bam. See, see, Peter, you're going too far. See, so, and Jesus told him, you're going too far. And so, so the Lord knows that about his leaders. And so he will bring these things. And so that's why most pastors, their first building is always going to be raggedy in their mind. Because the Lord is teaching them, I don't need a fancy building in order to grow a church. You want a fancy building. I don't need nothing. If you just preach the word, they will come. Okay. So that went up. And then the prayers answered like crazy. And then we'll share with you all next month about how our people at our church just started getting blessed with new houses, new cars paid for, promotions. Folks started getting their dream jobs, their dream schedules. Folks started getting all type of stuff. I mean, it was just crazy to see the amount of money that people were getting, everything. Okay. So that's obedience. Okay. Now, guess what? Everybody else is talking about me crying. Nobody was getting sick. You're putting me at risk. How? You got the mask on. (laughs) I have several, including one right here, I have several medical professionals, including a video that I showed y'all. I have several medical professionals here, and I have, I think, three or four people here that work for the CDC. And they just shake their head when they walk out them doors and see all of these people doing all this type of stuff. I showed you with the doctors. You mar- Look, if you want to wear a mask every day, I went to try to go to Panda Express for one of my kids, and they hollered at me. You can't come in here without a mask. I was just like, bye. <laughs> so understand that you have to wear one from time to time, but you cannot wear a mask all day. A doctor of integrity will tell you you are suppressing your immune system. And it's a divine plan to make everybody wear a mask so that everybody will get more sick so that they can have more immunizations. You sound like a conspiracy theorist. Nope, wait for it. It'll come. You, uh, what was it, Italy, where they had the, the highest number of coronavirus cases? Would you like to know why? Because that's the one place they got all of the shots from the last virus that came through. Mm-hmm. But see, they don't keep you from this. Like, like I heard somebody say this past week, they said the Lord is preparing the church for the rapture and Satan is preparing the world for the Antichrist. Because the Antichrist is going to say, everybody go this way. And the Christians are going to say, okay. Yet the Bible calls us the salt of the earth. He calls us ambassadors. He calls us peculiar people. You can't be a peculiar person and you don't do things that are strange and peculiar with peculiar manifestation and results. Oh, he arrogant. Nope. That's how Jesus rolled. Jesus was not a man of weakness. This little frail individual y'all see that looked like he ain't had no meal with a little trickle of blood. I don't know who this dude is. Jesus was not a white man looking like he was a skier, and he was not a dark-skinned black man with an afro under the sheiki neither. He was a brown man. The dominant race in the planet, skin color-wise, is, is a brown, not black or white. It's brown. Dominant skin color in the planet is brown people, not black people. And you can get black and white from brown but you can't get those colors from either other ones. Who is real quiet in this Presbyterian Muslim Baptist church? 
Do the research. Some of y'all looking at me strange. Look it up. Matter of fact, I'm going to send you a, a teaching that was taught by a um, white pastor on that very subject. And uh, he was breaking it down. It was flying around social media, you know, but um, that's why you can get all of the colors out of brown dirt. Most people don't know that. All of the colors come out of the dirt. You do realize that your body is made out of dirt. Is dirt white? Is dirt black? What color is it? Brown. Y'all be cracking me up. I need some dickies up here. That's what I need. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, let me go ahead and make sure because I, okay, I'm good. I'm good on time. So, I'm just giving you some stories of obedience. And let me share with you a little story before, and then we'll move to the impartation part. Some of you heard the story before. Some of you didn't. About, you know how I am about grass. <laughs> Not that type. I'm talking about the glasses in your lawn. <laughs> You got to say this stuff because people be listening online. What is he talking about? I'm talking about that type. And so, you know, I grew up that way. My parents were very, took very much pride in their lawns and working with flowers. And so I know how to do that stuff. And so uh, I let my lawn get neglected. And there's a guy I told you named John. Goes, um, and so he, uh, he or his father, have a, I think his father has a degree in agriculture. And they created a formula not on their own, they created a formula using products already at the store, um, but the equation is different. They created a formula using products at the store that keep your grass green all year round. Now follow this because I'm going to be talking about your life and how God and the devil are working in your life. And so when you see his grass, you will think it is fake. I'm dead serious. You will think it's fake. Because, and if you, and you will see his grass in December, and it can be 20 to below zero, and his grass is just as green like it's on a magazine. And every blade is perfect, not one weed in the entire lawn. And he did, he showed me an aerial shot. I'm going to show it to you. Remind me to share that with him. I'm going to show it to you. You see an aerial shot of his neighborhood, and everyone else's grass is brown, and his is green. So his is the only guy that he can keep his grass green. And I don't mean green, like, I mean like dark, perfect green all year round. So... Uh, we were talking about that. I said, man, I need to get my grass together because I just neglected it. I mean, you know, the longer you neglect something, the worse it gets. And so, uh, so he said, well, he said, I got a formula, but you're going to have to obey it. He said, everybody asked me about my results. He said, but no one obeys the instructions. He said, if you obey the instructions, the results will automatically happen. So I did it the first time and it didn't work because I just got sidetracked. I got distracted, you know. Stuff like that. It didn't do exactly what he said. So we came back around this year. So I called him back up. I said, hey, man, I need you to help me again. He said, hey, man, you didn't follow the instructions last time. I said, yes, give me some forgiveness, son, just like Father God. Uh, just some mercy. I'm going to try it again. Righteous man falls seven times, get back up again. <laughs> but, he's get, but, but I felt his frustration because he's getting tired of people asking him what to do and they don't do it. He said, I will tell them, go to the store and get this particular product called Luminex. That might not be the name of the product. I just came up with the word. I think that's pharmaceutical medication, but y'all get the point. Luminex. He said, they will go to the store. Let's just say, I will tell you to get this Luminex. It's a lime product, and the name brand of it is Luminex. He said, they will go right to the store and look at Luminex. Mm, it costs $6. But they got another product, and it says lime, and it costs $4. So lime is lime. I'm going to just get the $4 one. He said, they go right there, and they wonder why it doesn't work, because they don't follow instructions. 
So I said, fine, give me instructions. I'm telling you, I'm going to do it this time. So anybody that works in lawns knows that they'll tell you, you have to be careful when you put down one product called fertilizer. If you just put one product down too much, it can burn your grass. This man told me to put down five different products at the same time. Five. Uh, let me see. One was a fungus killer. Two of them were weed killers. The other one was lime. And the fifth one was fertilizer. And so there are some instructions that can be difficult to obey. Now, I, number one, I've heard an instruction that I've never heard or seen before. And so what's very interesting is I'm already looking at a man that has the results flawlessly. But yet I'm finding myself having difficulty to obey the instruction from someone who already has perfect results. Now, let's set that for a second. There is a man in my neighborhood who his grass is off the chain too. I come out, he's down the street. I come out my house and I just stand there. <laughs> one day, Jesus, one day I'm coming up. Flawless. His grass looks like John's grass, but the difference is this guy's grass turns brown in the wintertime. So y'all follow me. So the one guy down the street from me, excellent grass, but his turns brown in the fall, and then he gets it back green in the springtime. The other guy, John, his grass, they look the same, but his grass stays green all year round. How many want prosperity? Twelve, not, not, just, not just three months, four months. Create a 13th month, Jesus, something. So now I got these two things. I'm out there with the, now I'm out there with the bags and I'm like, this is some crazy mess. I said, but you know what? This man has the result. I better just do what this man says. And if it doesn't work, I just have to put a new lawn down. Now I go out there and my next door neighbor, the one that's crazy, <laughs> she come out there, Arthur. I said, yes, what you doing? Cause she out there putting down fertilizer. You know, she got her little hat, her little thing that she does. She out there with the little thing. What you doing? I said, well, I'm getting ready to put all this stuff down. Why are you putting so much down? I said, well, I told her about the guy. She didn't care about the guy. She thought that was the stupidest thing she had ever heard of. She said, ain't nowhere in the world you're supposed to put down five products at the same time. Not five. She said, I'm putting down one to get my grass. And I said, well, I got to obey the man. She said, you're about to tear your lawn up. So now I have the instructions from the man who has the results. Now, you know, I'm just using these as types and shadows. The woman is not the devil. Okay. So now I got the devil in my ear saying, don't do that. Follow what I'm doing. And then do you know that the biggest temptation I had was this? That guy down the street told me, if you want your grass to be green, he said, keep it high because it protects it from the sun and allows the roots to stay moist. John, who has it all year round, he said, don't do that. Keep it low. So now I'm out there in the yard and I am struggling with a command. I'm in the yard, and the man with the flawless results has given me the formula, but I got her, I'm out there with this stuff, and I got her in my ear, and I'm finding myself, as I'm working on my lawn, I'm finding myself looking down the street at the guy with the longer grass and saying, I probably shouldn't keep this grass short. I should probably keep this grass long. And it was just a constant battle. And see, this is how it is when it comes to stuff that God told you to do. 
This is how it is when it comes to I told you to live right. I told you to live holy. I told you to live clean. I told you to be in the house of God. I told you to pray. I told you to spend time in the word. I told and say, especially when you're dating somebody, I told you to do it this particular way. You always are improvising when you know I should be able to do this. I should be able to get away with something. Not if you want the results to have perfect peace. Not if you want the type of results to have unspeakable joy. If you want those type of results, you do realize you did not create air. We did, so you might want to follow our instructions. So I followed the man's instructions. Within two weeks, my grass looked better than everybody's in the neighborhood. It scared me. At first, I thought I was hallucinating. You know how you try to just make yourself see something because of the sacrifices you did? And I didn't say anything, but then my kid said something. They said, Daddy, have you seen the grass? I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Asked my wife, that, green, that grass was the greenest grass in the neighborhood within, what, two weeks, three weeks maybe? Two, three weeks. It was the greenest grass in the neighborhood. All of the weeds gone. It looked like it had been that way all the time. Guess whose grass was brown? <laughs> Lucifer next door. I said it's a type and shadow. I didn't say the one was Lucifer. It's just these are types and shadows an example. And so she ain't said nothing to me, but that's how it is when it comes to obedience. The Bible says, if you, oh, now you understand that first scripture you read where God said this. If you had to just listen to me, your prosperity and your peace would be like an ocean. If you had to just listen to me, the one person that you hurt more than anything else when you obey, disobey, is God, your heavenly father. No father wants to see his children make dumb decisions that's going to cause them hurt, crime, depression, etc. Y'all got that? Okay, so that's... The power of obeying the word, like one guy put up. He said, study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Pay attention to every single thing Jesus said to do. He said, put it on a document and practice it every day and watch your life change in three months. We can't do that. I know you told me to date a Christian, Lord. But he all right. <laughs> there you go improvising again. I know, never mind. It's just, everybody say obedience. obedience. And that's what the written word. And if you don't obey the written word, what, let me put it this way. To the degree that you obey the written word will be the degree that you will obey the spoken word. So if I was half-stepping when it came to what was written, guess what? I was surely half-step when he told me to keep the church open. Because there, let me tell you something, there are some levels of obedience that if your mind is right, God, God will have you do something that others are not doing, and then you'll get something that others cannot get. Now, if you thought this was a prosperous church before, wait till you see what's coming based on how I obeyed. And the Lord has already started confirming it with dreams. And it's scary. But scare me, Jesus. Scare, I'm just, psh, I got some stuff to do. The scariest part is I just, you know, a church like this broadcasting itself to the world is uh, that's a dangerous thing. So we'll see. So, so y'all plan on obeying the Lord more? Yeah. Not more all the way. All you're doing is shooting your own self in the foot. Let me tell you what type of person I am. Once, I know this may seem a little strange to you. When I find out that I am wrong when it comes to the word, I don't even pray a prayer. I just shift in my heart and go the opposite direction. Because that's how serious I am. Because I, I don't know why I made this decision a long time ago. God is always right and I'm always wrong, regardless of how I feel. Period. And, 
And that's the difference between those who are, you know, the sad part is you all. Whether it's a small church or a big church or a medium-sized church, once the leader starts disobeying, he might seem like a really, really good guy, but the results will start going in the opposite direction. And so there are a lot of leaders, you know, I always tell people all the time, just because you're nice don't mean that you can cook chicken. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole lot of nice pastors. Don't get me wrong. These are some wonderful men. But they're just like Jesus said. He said, most of my pastors and ministers are doing good works. They're just not doing what I told them to do. And so all the, that's why I don't hang out with most pastors because they just get on my last nerves because they always want to question me, uh, what you doing? I, they, they, they assume that because they're doing this that I should be doing that. But see, the reason my results are so flawless is because I'm doing what the Lord told me to do, not imitating you. You know what I'm saying? You see another pastor open up a hospital, and so you open up a hospital, and then wonder why you're the first patient. Because <laughs> the Lord didn't tell you to open up a hospital. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm saying quit looking at people. But how many of you know? See, this, how many of you know? It would be nice sometimes when God gave you an instruction that he would tell everybody. But he doesn't. He said, that's their problem if they don't like it, especially when it comes to family. I wish to God that the Lord had told some of my family members, hey, he's going down this direction, and it's the right direction. And they thought I had lost my mind when I made that decision. My pastor, he said they tried to hit, get him committed to a psych institution when he made his decisions. Now he said they're all members of my church. Sometimes you have to leave people and let the Lord take you to the top of the mountain, and then when they see where the Lord took you, then they will realize, oh. And then you have to tell them, it's not too late, just follow the same path. Okay, but so it's very important, you all. There are a lot of, I don't know why I can't shake this, but there are a lot of disobedient leaders. Um, they can preach good sermons, and some of them have a little bit of revelation, you know, but um, you, you can serve food past the expiration date, and the same food that used to do people good now do people bad, because what you preached 10 years ago is not what you're supposed to be preaching today. And so you're preaching food past the spiritual expiration date. And that's what's going on in the body of Christ right now. You have a lot of, you have a whole, now I'm, I'm the guy, this, this is going to sound prideful, trust me it's not. I'm the guy that they're looking for because they don't know about the next level. Okay, so the men that I grew up on, they grew up on a different type of food and so, and, and was still Controlled, and so like I grew up in what you call charismatic circles. I used to be Baptist, and you know they Baptists are very limited in their view. Charismatics think that that view is expanded, but it's not. That's why most charismatic churches they do have revelation of the word and they operate in the gifts of the spirit a little bit. But at most charismatic churches, you don't see like raw healings. You don't see a lot of the prophetic. They'll pick a couple of ministers out the audience and say, the Lord is going to bless you in the future. I can say that over anybody. But if you'll see that raw prophecy. You don't see signs and wonders. You definitely don't see the deliverance aspect in charismatic churches where they're dealing with demons. So they're still limited. And so every piece that you don't do darkens your revelation about the other. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a huge dilemma right now, and the Bible says in the last days there will be a famine for the gospel. The problem is where the food is at, people will flock. And so I've gotten a dream last night and a prophetic word yesterday about be very strategic in how you do things because you don't want it to happen so fast. It, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the foundation is set. It's the reason why we had to build a foundation for eight years in the spirit. Eight. And, and see, and then the Lord connects me to that man overseas. That man went from like a hundred-some people 
to 9,000 members in a year. <laughs> you should see, I'm going to show you some of the pictures from back in the day where he was. And he 9,000 and then 19,000 the next year, then 29,000 the next year. And where they were at, the church services would be just a whole lockdown of the area. And people would be hanging out the windows, sitting on top of the cars. They had to put speech. It's the most insane thing you've ever seen because they built that foundation. And that's just unfortunate. There are some men that that's what they got to do. So I don't know how we're going to handle the results. It's the, the wisdom come when the results come. Everybody say amen. amen. So y'all got that. That's enough with that. Let's move on to the unpaired.